Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hi, hi, man. Hello, Pete. What's up, buddy? Oh, you know, the usual um, darkness and... Fuckery? Whatever goes on. Are we going to hug again? Oh, hell no. I'd love to. No. I mean, we're on camera. No. Just saying. No. There'll be no hugging. This is a no-hug zone. All right, enough, enough, (laughs) enough. Let's thank our supporters. First of all, HavocJournal.com, GymJunkies.com, VectorShields.com, WellnessForWarriors.live. We love those ladies. LiveBoston617.org, EagleEyeFirearmsMA.com, ODKit.com, GunTrack.app. And we're hitting crazy fucking milestones. We have tens of thousands of listeners. We have no idea what the hell we're doing, and we're getting tens of thousands of listeners all around the world. You know what? It's kind of like being a cop where you just fake it till you make it. (laughs) I mean, oh, shit. (laughs) So we have an awesome person coming on the show, guys. Um, Her name is Lisa. She's an attorney. Um, Hulay-law.com And from what I hear and what I can see She's a pretty badass attorney too So uh, real quick before we bring her on uh, Talk shit now while she's well, on Well that's here. what I mean um, So when I saw her profile it said defense attorney I'm like what? Yeah. How is, it, how is this possible? Evil. And then I looked more into her And then uh, we'll actually let's bring her on Before yeah, I keep on. going She's going to kick your ass <laughs> Lisa you there? <laughs> Oh my God, you guys are cracking me up. Yes, I am here. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. So, I'm happy to come on. So you want to tell us before we get into anything with you, do you want to give us a little bit of a background for our listeners? Now, remember, we have police officers as listeners and we have civilians as listeners too. So, Okay. All right. So I, my name is Lisa Houlet. I am a former L.A. County prosecutor. Uh, I worked in the L.A. County DA's office for 15 years, prosecuting some pretty bad dudes. Yes. And the reason I say dudes is because most of my, most of the defendants that I prosecuted were for very serious sex crimes and domestic homicides okay. and domestic violence. And, you know, men generally tend to be defendants in those types of cases. Um, so... After 15 years as a prosecutor, I uh, transitioned over to the the dark side, as as you cops like to call it. You, <laughs> you cops, damn um, cops. But seriously, I know. Seriously, um, but it, it 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 hasn't been as dark as you think. It's it's actually it's it's been very rewarding. We will talk much more about that. Um, but it's it's been a, an awesome six years since I've left the DA's office. So all is well. All is well. So let, let me ask you this. So so as a as a prosecutor, fifteen years. I mean that's that's quite the stretch. Uh, going after uh, prosecuting really bad individuals uh, or dudes, as you put it, because yeah, which which it's true. Uh, majority of the time, the defendants are male in these types of cases. Um, right. Your work with with police officers during these cases, whether it's detectives, investigators, how was the um, like the relationship in terms? Because the, we always talk about sometimes the disconnect between the detective or the cop on the ground and the attorneys who are in courts, and there's this gap uh-huh. that you know we we almost speak the same language, but not really because we, you know, we all work in that legal realm where we, you know, us as cops apply the law, and then the attorneys prosecute so uh, right, my, my right. curiosity is how, how was your relationship with the majority of the cops that you've worked with um most if not all of the cops that i worked with were excellent and we had um uh, amazing professional relationships and i say that um you know with a, a smile on my face and i i i really really had a good run for 15 years with with the cases that i worked and with the quality of work that was brought to me, 
um, you know, I'm in Southern California. I'm in uh, the Los Angeles area. Uh, as you uh, gentlemen know, um, you know, when you when you easy, work with easy um, calling as gentlemen. OK, <laughs> <laughs> as, OK, as, as you dudes know, yes. <laughs> All right, good. setting the tone here. Come on. Go on. So, I, I cut you off. So I apologize. What, 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 when you work with big agencies, you, you do tend to get better training, you get better quality training, and you therefore get better police officers and better detectives. So, you know, working with like L.A. County sheriffs and LAPD and and some of the bigger um, local agencies, I I really have to, again, say that the quality of their work was was generally exceptional, also because of the um, seriousness of the crimes that I was prosecuting. You know, detectives don't get to the level where they are in a sex crimes unit or working robbery homicide unless they you know, know what they're doing and have right. been trained and have been doing this for a while, obviously. Right. So I I found that, you know, I, I honestly can't think of maybe two or three cases where I said to myself, like, what the fuck was this detective thinking? Like, did he clear, did he totally, like, miss the ball on this case? I mean, that that rarely happened. Rarely. People say that to um, Iman so, all the time. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you're hearing all this talk about detectives. <laughs> and like, I'm, Pete, I, and I'm, I, I know. And you're looking at me. I'm like, hey, keep talking good about detectives. That way, Pete. <laughs> Notice I only picked on the negative part of it. Excuse me, detective. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, oh my god! Um, so, so I, I do think I, I think when you get to a certain level, you do have a very symbiotic relationship with the people that you work with, right? And so, when you're yeah. talking about prosecutors and detectives, and sometimes these are like you know multiple agency cases yes. where you might have like five detectives on one case. I think. When you get to that level where you're really, you know, the prosecutors are very high level and, and then the cops are working very high level, you get great relationships, you get great cases, and you get excellent results. And, you know, most of the time I can say that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, I can't speak about sort of the, the lower level crimes, um, partially because, you know what's crazy? I can't say that I worked a whole bunch of, like, dope cases or, like, stolen car cases. I just... Those weren't really my thing. And so I kind of like got sort of ushered into the special unit at a pretty early on in my career. And I I just stayed there um, for, you know, most of the time I was a prosecutor. So it was a it was it was a blessing. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that that tells me you you as an attorney first starting out uh, seems you know, the, they picked up on a talent that you have or a niche, so to speak, and, yeah. and just kind of kept you there. Uh, that that sort of happens uh, in the law enforcement world at, uh, with detectives. If you have a certain niche, whether it's narcotics cases or, or robberies or whatever, uh, you tend to gravitate towards those cases a lot more. Um, so that that's kind of yeah. interesting that that sort of happened. Now, before we get into the, the dark side that you went over, <laughs> um, as as <laughs> with prosecuting, uh, with the working the working relations with cops and some of these heinous crimes that that uh, the detectives had to deal with and relive every single day because they had to work these cases over and over again. Uh, what effects have you seen on the officers uh, when they, when they come in or, or the detectives when they come in with these types of cases and over the years, you know, it, it wears on all of us, you know, where, where you're dealing right. over and over and over again, where us and same thing with you as prosecutor, you close that case. Yep. Good. Now let's move on to the next one. Um, what right. did you see in terms of detectives as over the years work in these cases? So that's an excellent question. And let me start by saying this. I first noticed something happening to me, um, which is what then caused, which is what then caused me to start asking questions of them and them. I mean, the detectives that I worked closely with. So after about maybe, I don't know, like eight or 10 years and I, and I was really getting into some pretty disturbing cases at that time, um, I noticed a change in me. Wow. I also, yeah, um, I, I started to sort of get a little paranoid just about like basic things like 
driving down the street, like, oh shit, I'm going to get, you know, hit head on by a DUI driver or I'm going to be, I'm going to be walking across the parking lot and some reckless driver is going to come, you know, plowing through and hit me and like 20 people. I really, I started to like worry about that kind of stuff. So, that's the so, shit that we read, so right? So you were a cop. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, welcome to our world. Right. Right. No, I know. I know. Yeah. So, so it started with like the, that little bit of sort of paranoia, you know, sort of that hypervigilance. Like, yep. you know what actually goes on out there. Yeah. You know the bad things that people do and yeah. the bad, the, the tragedies and the, and the traumas and all that. And of course you cannot completely compartmentalize it. Although we all try to do that, but yeah. PS that just doesn't work. No. I'm sure you all know that. Yeah. Um, and, and it started to affect me. And then I, I remember I, I had gone, I think it might've been my, my second son that I had, I had gone out on, on maternity leave and I was, was due to come back and I was supposed to go back to my special unit yeah. prosecuting, you know, the domestic homicides and all that. And for about three months, I couldn't get back in the unit because there had been a rotation and my spot was temporarily gone. And, and I was like freaking out. And I remember coming home to my then husband and I was like, fuck like what am I gonna do these are the only cases I care about like I have to get back there and he looked at me and he was like honey maybe this is a good thing maybe maybe it's okay if you took a break and I remember like getting kind of mad like why why are you saying that what you know do you think something's wrong with me and he was like well I just kind of think that maybe you could use a break and it was at that moment that it sort of like registered like oh shit like this stuff this is affecting is my life affecting yeah. me yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and we and we had two you know two very young children at the time and i think also when you have children then all of that terrible stuff starts to affect you more because then you think, oh, my God, you know, someone's going to run my kid off the road or someone's going to grab my kid and drag him into a bathroom and do right. horrible things to them right. or, you know, a teacher or whatever, whatever it is, all the horrible stuff that crosses our minds. Um, so so I, I, I had a little, you know, time off from the special unit. When I got back into the unit, you know, it was like right back into the awful, awful cases. And you know, I was starting to like lose sleep at night and I was starting to, you know, sort of obsess about these things. And I thought, well, if this is happening to me, it must be happening to other people. Yeah. So I did start to ask. I started to ask some of the detectives that I was closest to. Yeah. And, you know, it would just be like a, a real just kind of innocent sort of curious question. Like, does this stuff start to kind of mess with you? And the ones who were being, you know really honest like brutally honest said oh heck yes yeah and i was like oh thank god like i'm not the only one so it's it's inter- it's god. interesting like and this isn't anything towards you but it, like i'm talking to iman when i say this it's interesting to hear somebody that's not a cop yeah talking exactly like a cop like a cop yeah so it's affecting well it's affecting the yeah. civilian world yeah i've never yep. realized that yep. in all my years yeah no i well I, here's the yeah. thing I mean, that's, that's the secondary trauma, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, or, or maybe it's the, maybe it's the, the, whatever, whatever the word is for the third level of trauma. Cause I think, you know, the, the victim is the first level of trauma. Yeah. Then you guys get there and that's the secondary trauma, but then it still extends to us too. Yeah. Well, in, we in have a, to read it. In we a sense, to, go ahead. you're in a sense, we all go through that trauma, right? But in a sense, I, I kind of feel like you guys are digging deeper into it because you have more time with it. Well, that's, that's you know what exactly. I mean. I mean, I mean, the one case that yep. comes to mind that I always tell you about is that six-year-old sexual assault yeah. case I had and yeah. all that, and that one sticks out because that was like my very first big case, you know, working that, yeah. and and you know, the I have the drawing that the six-year-old made me after the case was all right. done, and you're talking this is two and a half years worth of work on this case, and uh, two and a half yeah. years of reading these reports and getting doing these interviews, you're saturating and, your and brain exactly, and and you know you're getting exhausted mentally exhausted because you 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 see this little girl and this innocent uh little girl who just got violated by this disgusting pig and and right. you know i have this picture up on my uh at my desk uh, she drew me a little rose and she signed it and everything and and i use that as my reminder of why i do what i do right. yeah you know just, that's that's kind of like oh my, my god that, i love that that's kind of like amazing. my yeah that's kind of like my moment of clarity or Clear. you know yeah. when if admin is you know 
fucking around way too much and I'm getting yelled at by the chief and whoever else and whatever. <laughs> I just, I just, I just turn around, look right. at the picture and be like, you know what? It's all worth it because, yeah. because totally. of that right. six year old. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the thing. Like, like we, you know, again, two, two years of just dealing with it. And then, and then two, within that two years where some, some of the unfortunate events that would have occurred on the DA side where I get frustrated uh-huh. because I know they fucked up on something. And I'm right. just like, what? Right. Like, dude, this is a very important case. Why are you guys doing this? So, so then that you, you know, you have right. to roll it back and then work on it again. So it was like a right. constant over and over again, uh, for me, you know, for me personally, as, as, as a detective work in this case um and and yeah. i think you know like you said uh you know you asking the the one of your close detectives you work with um he's like oh hell yeah that affects him which makes perfect sense because right. because even to this day it still affects me because i was one of my first ones right 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 yeah and that picture i'm sure takes you right back to all of those emotions right you know you look up the little drawing and not only does it remind you of the case but it pulls you right back to the emotional part of it. The like, I have to do exceptional work on this case to protect this child who's been, you know, just totally traumatized. You're taking it personally. And then, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. And then and then I completely understand your frustration with the prosecutor because you're thinking like, dude, I have put my, you know, blood, sweat and tears into getting this bad guy off the street and now I need you to put your blood, sweat, and tears into making sure that he stays off the street. And yeah. then they make a major mistake, and you're like, holy shit, you know, now right. what are we going to do? Yeah, so it's, exactly. It's yeah. very, very stressful because, you know, the stakes are high. I mean, they're very, very high in these cases. Like I said, I mean, it's not like it's a dope case or a stolen car. Like, yeah. you know, we'll get over it if yeah. we fuck that up. But yeah, yeah, if, exactly. you, if, if you fuck up a child molest, you know, you're letting that kid down, that family down. You're letting potentially other victims down well that's that's future victims well that's what i also thought about because this guy has had a very very like very particular mo and and this mo Uh was told me how much of a predator he was really with the grooming and it takes him about a year Uh, or so in grooming like like he was a pure predator and me studying him for that whole time investigating because he's he's been charged before and and it's like uh, and it's the same year. thing the mo like you, you keep seeing so so to me it, you know like 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 you said you know you're walking down the street you don't know if you're gonna get run over and and or your kids get get most by right. share to us uh, i call it uh the burden of knowledge we have that burden of knowledge yeah. because we know what's out oh, there yeah. we know what's out there at night oh, yeah. we know what's out there predators like this fucking guy uh, i shouldn't even call him a human right. but this this pig uh <laughs> an insult the, to pigs I, I know the predator that he is it's pure predator instinct yeah and and that's something that yeah. reminds me that again i have that picture up yeah it brings back some emotion and some thoughts and i and and it, but the positive side is it reminds me of why i do what i do yep and that is so so important and you know again we can talk about this more later in the conversation but now with my work representing, you know, first responders um, who get into, you know, trouble, usually off duty, um, you know, I, I learn such a, I mean, I, I learn basically everything about their life because of sort of what I'm doing in, in, to defend them. And, you know, some of these stories now that I can share from the defense side um, that's exactly why I do what I do. Yeah. So, so, so we'll, let's, we'll, let's get, I'll, yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you, <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, you guys uh, ask the question. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, uh, let's, uh, I mean, there's a perfect segue, like, you know, to, to get into now the defense side where you, you protect these cops who, whether they get an OUI off duty or, or, you know, they had a, yeah, exactly. The, the, your chair is messing with me, dude. <laughs> I, You're gonna fall on your ass. Yeah, I know. Did I know. Did he just fall out of his chair? Almost. No. This this bar stool chair that we use. You don't it, like my chairs, no, asshole? No. It keeps <laughs> fucking by your own. It, it keeps. It keeps. Uh, it, it just did this drop where you know you get that drop feeling. Keeping You're you like, on your oh toes. <laughs> yeah. That's peaceful. And and you know what? I have something to say. You didn't. You didn't mention my shirt today. Oh shit. That's right. Tell me, shirt. tell everybody what, what my shirt says. What does your shirt say? It's oh. a big ass Care Bear, and it says, "I don't fucking Care Bear." <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, oh my god! I feel you like I came home. Of that. I feel like I came home and like I did my hair, and you didn't fucking notice or something. Like, oh. 
Welcome. I mean, my, You're an ass. My wife does this. Says, hey, you know, I'll, I'll wait two weeks later. And she, I was like, oh, did you change the color of your hair? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I did it like a week ago, asshole. I'm Dick. like, yeah, trained observer. Yeah, right but you're here. doing that on purpose, too. You're doing that on purpose just to stick it to her. I know you. You fuck. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, let's go back to the serious so- shit. Sorry, the squirrel ran by us and we had to chase it. Um, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so so now now, now you see that, that side of, of policing where they're off duty. They had this crazy crazy freaking incident that occurred, whether it's an officer involved shooting or, or they saw a horrible crime scene or you name it. And right. they never got checked, you know, whether yep. uh, they may have gone yep. to the hospital. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. They never got properly checked. Yeah. They, they did the check the box tr- <laughs> training check or whatever right. you yeah. want to call right. it, where they say, okay, are you good? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, cool. All right. Go on to the next call. Yep. And then that stuff starts compounding over and over and it yep. gets worse and it gets worse yep. and then they get hit with that OUI because one night it was too much and they drank too much and they all it takes problem. is that one extra shot exactly exactly and and let's so let's go into how your experience as a prosecutor and and in dealing with these horrible crimes and now becoming a defense attorney to protect the cops who deal with these things yeah. so so if you could just go into how that change kind of started and, and why you, you decided to move into that arena. Okay. So when I left the DA's office and I, and I set out to open my practice, you know, I, I sort of had this thought in the back of my mind that I wanted to, to defend cops. I wasn't exactly sure like what I was going to do. Was I going to get involved in like admin defense or, you know, doing like IA stuff or was I, was I just going to go full, you know, criminal defense of, of police officers. And um, actually my first, first responder client was not a cop. He was a, a New York City firefighter who oh. had responded to 9-11. Okay. And, you know, of course, uh, that brings back a whole bunch of emotion for most people. And yeah. anybody yeah, oh, yeah. who was alive and, yeah. you know, over the age of, I don't know, you know, 10, yeah. remembers yeah. that vividly. Oh, yeah. I know I do. Oh. Um, and so so this this wonderful, wonderful human comes into my office and says, I, I got a DUI. I'm a retired uh, New York City firefighter. I responded to 9-11. I'm totally fucked up. I've got all sorts of, you know, medical retirement, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I was out uh, at a restaurant and I had two glasses of wine. And then I realized I was starting to have a panic attack. And I'm, so I'm listening to this story and I'm like, oh, shit. And he says, and I had my therapy dog with me, and all I could think was, I got to get out of this restaurant, and I got to get home. Yeah. So he literally drives like three quarters of a mile from the restaurant back home, and he couldn't find a spot on his side of the street, so he had to like, you know, make a U-turn in the middle of the street, and yeah. he gets, of course, pulled over for an illegal U-turn. Yep. And, you know, it goes downhill from there because then they're like, have you been drinking? Uh, yes. And he ends up getting arrested. Yeah. So the more I started talking to him, I just remember, like, I know, you know, we're not supposed to get emotional, right, as yeah, cops yeah, and lawyers yeah. and whatever. But I just I remember thinking, like, holy shit, this poor man is so messed up. Yeah. And he is literally breaking still breaking i mean he broke you know probably during and after 9-11 and now he's out here trying to have a peaceful life you know living at the beach and he's got his dog and he's you know sunny and sunny southern california but yet he's still suffering and that was my first real like heavy dose of the reality of like oh my god this is really heavy stuff and it just sort of reinforced all the thoughts that i had had as a prosecutor like this this must affect people. Um, obviously, nine eleven is is an extreme example, but I that that was my first time where I realized there's something much greater out there that I want to be involved in and that I want to stand for and that I want to protect these people because this is not completely their fault. 
Um, and that was the very first case. That's kind of what, you it's know, g- kind of put the bug in me. Your first case is like, it's, it's, it's a monster, yeah, right? Dealing with, monster. with the nine 11 type of things. And now yeah. this poor guy is getting oh, kicked gosh. when he's down. Yeah. Like the ultimate oh, yeah. getting kicked I mean, when you're down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. Because I was, I was, remember, because yeah. remember, you know, the nine 11, it's not just that day. I mean, Every, yeah. they oh, were yeah. responding. They were responding for months to, yeah. to look for bodies and yeah. to recover bodies and to that that it never stopped. I mean, it was constant for yeah. you know. So yeah, he was majorly physically messed up. Goodness knows he was mentally messed up, and and he still has nightmares. I mean, and and this is like a a beautiful, strong, wonderful, just the kindest man. And he'll just never be the same ever. He will never be the now, same. Now, let me ask you, so, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you can, if you can tell us any kind of resolution, but after the resolution, how good did it feel helping this guy out? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, he, and he knows this, and I have said this before when I have been interviewed, I think about him every day. Yeah. Literally yeah. every day. He, he, he was the he was reason your first. that I yeah. do this. Would you say it became yeah. your why? Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. But but I but I now have added a whole bunch of other whys, yeah. <laughs> which of course you know we we can talk about because there have been a, there have been some other real you know critical cases that have really um, sort of contributed to me sticking to this as my niche, you know, yeah, yeah, can, you can, I, I think, get a little, you get a little jaded, you get a little over it, like the novelty wears off. Yeah. And then you get another important case and another important client who bears their soul. And then you're like, oh my God, yes, this is, this is still what I should be doing. This is my thing. I'm gifted. I have a talent and I, I get it. And, uh, and a lot of that is because, remember, you know, I was a prosecutor, so I, I understand the career, the culture, the lifestyle yeah. of police officers and firefighters and all that. So, yes. Did that answer your question? Oh, oh yeah. That, yes, very well. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but so, so, you know, you, you mentioned about other cases that you've had um, and and you could – talk about them a little more what what i wanted to also highlight in in what you do is i mean very different um because it's like now first responders have someone to lean on you know someone that they can trust to do the right thing for them because they understand where they were you know like because it's it's that relationship that you had for 15 years working major crimes and knowing right um what goes on and in, in, in basically in the, you know, as, as prosecuting detectives, we get into each other's minds, right? Just yep. because, you know, yeah. we work that, that much together in these cases, in these, especially these high profile major cases um, where we constantly talk back and forth, where, where I, I mean, I, I remember on my phone late at night, I'd, I'd go, you know, texting back and forth with, uh, with prosecutors over cases because we're still technically working them. You know, we, we, we never stop yep. really working them just because we put the handcuffs on. It doesn't, mean uh, it's over right. you know for us it it, it right. it's, it we're continuing right. to work it um but what i what i wanted to ask, ask is what, what other type of cases have you had where people came you know first responders came to your door for help oh gosh so um i i i can think of like three more that are very significant um yeah, and yeah. i will try to give you a, a reader's digest um version yeah, of, yeah. of what those Perfect. cases Cliff involve notes. so yeah. So there was a another um, wonderful client who, um, you know, was was working long hours at one of the busiest um, stations here for a, a very big department uh, in the Southern California area. So needless to say, he was seeing a lot of bad shit on every single shift. Yeah. Um, he also was involved uh, in a DUI accident where he and his um, partner were hit head on <sighs> by a DUI driver. He was seriously injured. Um, he had some, you know, personal family stress going on. I mean, any, anybody who's married and has two young kids under the age of three at home can identify with that. That's oh, stressful, my God, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, you know, and, and there was there was some other stuff um, going on in his life. So to make a long story short, um, he was out drinking with a, a buddy from another department one night and they just ended up getting into it and they ended up getting into a pretty serious argument and at some point 
uh, my client who, who had a gun on him at the time, because goodness knows cops can't leave the house without a gun, right? Yeah. So he had a gun yeah. on him. And uh, as they left the bar and got back to his buddy's car, um, my client uh, discharged one round. Oh. And the uh, the buddy, of course, was like, get the F out of my car. You know, yeah. pretty yeah. reasonable response at that point. <laughs> yeah. So so the client got out of his car. And then the buddy tried to stiffen an anonymous call, basically saying, hey, there was just a, an incident. Um, I think you need to go to this location. Man with a gun, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, my client ends up getting arrested. And this was, you know, for all intents and purposes, a really, really serious case. Oh, my God, yeah. stood to, you know, lose his job. Yeah, yeah. As, you know, as well, some people might say as well he should. Yeah. But we we were able to get the case into an amazing position. Um, he, he was suffering greatly from undiagnosed um, PTSD depression. He was self-medicating with alcohol. He immediately got referred to a first responders treatment facility. Um, and, and we do need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, let me just, you know, finish the story for a yeah, second. Yeah, so yeah. he goes to the facility, he like fully immerses himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, fight the system. He just, he does exactly what they say to do. He unloads all of his bullshit. Yeah. And he talks about it and he was honest, open and willing. And he came out a completely changed man. You know, he's been wow. sober now for over a year. He then went into like an intensive outpatient program. He started doing the like first responder AA meetings. He, he did anything and everything that was asked of him. Um, and he earned a complete dismissal. Wow. Case. Wow. The whole entire case, a that felony awesome. negligent discharge completely dismissed. Wow. Yep. I mean, so, I mean so, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's how serious oh, yeah. it gets with with uh, first responders who have issues who never address them. Right. I mean, in, in the end, we're, we're all human, yep. right? We're we're human beings. Yep. We we feel we 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 cry, we laugh, all all that all that's uh, emotions that come out. Uh, uh, contrary to right. popular opinion that cops aren't allowed to have emotions, that it, the right. fact is. We do. It's funny. We, we were actually talking today. I'm 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 in a class uh, today. They were talking. Uh, they it's a bunch of doctors, uh, MDs, neurologists, stuff like that. They do a bunch of testing on cops, and and uh-huh. they one of the tests is you know when before you go do an entry as a SWAT officer, heart rate. You know they they measure the heart rate of these of these officers, and their heart rate is anywhere between 130 to 150. Yet you can't even tell because yep. they're doing it. They yep. just go in and they're doing their thing and they're done. And, yep. and it's, it was interesting to me because um, I'm like, well, I never thought of it, you know, like that, where my heart is racing that fast and going out there. But then then comes the adrenaline dump. And then after you get the panicky feelings yeah. because you're getting all kinds oh, of brain yeah. dumps, exactly. dude, because dopamine, serotonin, exactly. like everything's dumping because in there. everything you were supposed to feel oh, yeah. doing this entry. Right. Yeah is now coming after yeah. and it's all getting dumped out. So, so, I mean, it, it's, it's just amazing. And I know you wanted to talk about this program that, uh, this first responder treatment program. Yes. So if you, if you want to go into that and, and yeah, tell us about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what is, what is really important for first responders is that if, and when they get to the point where they need treatment, they have to, have to, have to go to a treatment facility with culturally competent clinicians. And, and I, I will never, ever, ever change my, my opinion and my thoughts about that. What do you, what do you mean by that? So when you, you know, you, when you're going for treatment, you, you obviously need to go to somebody that, that can identify with sort of what your problem is, right? So if you, if you, if you need treatment for an eating disorder, you need to go to somebody who's an eating disorder specialist. If yeah. you need treatment for, you know, alcoholism, you need to go to somebody that specializes in alcoholism. You can't just go to like a generalist who's going to be a general therapist who has no idea what your specific issue is, me, because then how are they really going to be able to help you? Let me, so let me ask you when a question. I say culture, yeah, go ahead. We're, yeah. we're 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 supposedly a fucking evolved society, right? We're very yeah. smart and educated. Yeah. Why is that yeah. a question? <laughs> yeah. Why is that a question? <laughs> yeah. Why is that well, an issue well, that Lisa has to deal well, with? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Let me tell you this. 
I, it is, mm-hmm. it has only been recently that first responders have finally woken up and realized that if they need treatment, they need to go to people who have experience and, and training and expertise treating first responders because it's a very, very unique lifestyle. I mean, you guys know that. It's, it's a, the career is, is totally unique from any other career except for maybe an emergency room doctor. But I, I even say that that's different because mm-hmm. you can be treating, you know, freaking Mother Teresa in the emergency room. That's yeah. a lot different than right. treating a freaking, you know, triple homicide suspect yeah. who, you know, ends up trying to stab himself and then has to go to the ER before you can book him. Yeah. That's a lot different than yeah. Mother Teresa. So. Yeah. So when you when you are a first responder and you have finally gotten to that point where you're like I'm fucked up and I need help, you got to go to somebody that understands what it means to be a first responder. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to look at you like holy shit. I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, a firefighter going to a therapist who had never treated a firefighter before. And he starts telling stories, and she starts crying. Like, yeah, yeah no know, shit. That, that uh, yeah. can't happen. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, yes. Yeah, so it's got to be people that understand the career, the culture, the lifestyle, and all of the terrible stuff that a first responder is exposed to. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to help that first responder. It's yeah. just, it's too much. It's too complex. It's the trauma. It's the everything. It's all of that. So, yes. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, so, I could, yeah, I could no, talk, no, I could yeah. talk forever about No, I, I, I love that. <laughs> no, I love the passion that you have. Exactly. Uh, I mean, because it's it's refreshing to know and to see because I, I'm I'm a war vet myself and uh, and go through therapy. Eventually, I, I kind of came to my senses uh, years ago and, and needed to do therapy. And, and who I see specializes in PTSD, right? So so I'm not going yes. to a general therapist right. who, yes. if I tell them a story, they end up crying, you know, the, yeah. because exactly. because to me, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, to me, as, as, as a veteran, I need to talk to somebody that knows what the fuck they're talking about. I'm not, you know, like, Absolutely. because at first I, I, yeah. I, I got the therapist uh, when the early early on in the VA, I got a therapist that really had no idea. What yeah, they and were they were doing. check the box and type yeah, of fucking exactly. bullshit, and it totally turned me off, you know. And I left, and I went to like right. private practices, and it was still like, yeah, but these are general therapists; they don't specialize in this type of treatment. So. Right. So and and like you said though, finally first responders are waking up to the re- realization that no, I need to see a specialist, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Right. So, right. So yes. I mean, yes. and you, you know, when when they're at these treatment facilities, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, but no, I, no. I, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure that I say this: when they're at these treatment facilities, goodness knows they are not going to open up and be open, honest, and willing to surrender to the therapy if they're there with a bunch of people who are just, you know, other civilians. They right. need to feel safe, right? You need to be in a safe space yeah. with other men and women who have been through the same shit that you've been through and have seen those things. Because again, it's this sort of like, you know, distrust of the rest of the population, right? You don't want to talk about that in front of, you know, there could be, I mean, there could be other convicted felons in the room. Yeah, exactly. So, so while you're, while you're on that topic, Lisa, is there any specific in your area that you want to maybe plug for officers listening in the area or anything that don't know or aren't aware or anything? Oh, absolutely. So um, First Responders First treatment facility up in Northern LA County is is excellent. I've had a couple clients go through there. Um, There's also Simple Recovery First Responder Wellness down in Orange County. Uh, those guys down there are amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, some of whom you probably should bring on as guests on your podcast, by the way. Um, and you know, and then there's and then there's a bunch of other programs. There's like the West Coast um, Post Trauma Retreat that is you know one of these like multi day retreats, and you know that you call it a retreat, but it's not really a retreat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really fully immersed in the program. And then Save a Warrior, which I mentioned to you guys that I, of course, want to talk about because that program literally changed my life, and I'm going to try to hold it together here. So um, Save a Warrior is a – it was founded by a a veteran and former uh, cop, um, Jake Clark, Um, and if you don't follow them, you should. Um, He started this um, this program. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to call it a program. When I was – 
when I was about a week away from going to the program, I was telling everybody I was going on a retreat. And I will tell you right now, when I came out of the program, that is no freaking retreat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is a three and a half day, like 85, whatever hours, whatever, however many hours it ends up being, um, fully immersive, emotionally and physically exhausting thing that you go through to understand all of the stuff that has happened to you, you know, childhood trauma, work trauma, everything, just everything. And, you know, they take you through rituals and education and they, and they get you to finally understand like how all of this stuff has affected you. Because as we just said, it affects you. And for, for some of us, you know, we get to a point, I'm sure you've heard the analogy, you know, your, your, your brain is like a cup and you keep putting all the oh, stuff yeah. into the cup oh, yeah. and then you keep yeah. putting it in and keep it. And then one day it just freaking overflows yep. and you're like, Oh shit, what do I do now? Yep. Well, you know, there are places like save a warrior that can help you when you get to that point or even when you, before you get to that point, but where you say to yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm almost at that point. Yeah. And, and they have literally saved lives. I mean, hundreds of you know, thousands of lives. Um, and I will also tell you, this is a really, really sad story, but one of my clients who was a veteran and then he was working as an emergency room nurse. Um, so he had been arrested for domestic violence against his wife twice. Um, he was slated to go to save a warrior. And unfortunately, Ugh. he didn't make it in time. No, and it's, you know, but stories like that, again, are, are you know, that's what keeps me going. Because I'm like, you know, we got to fight harder. We got to work harder. We've got to, you know, contribute to these organizations. You know, I try to, honestly, I, I try to make contributions to Save a Warrior when sure. I can. Sure. Because I know that every dollar that goes to their program is going to help another person, you know, find their way out of the darkness. Well, make sure when, when, so, when we get off the line, make sure you send me the links to all these places, especially like the Save the Warrior, and we'll plug the hell out of it too. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't, yeah. Yeah, amazing. no, that that's that's amazing work that that's going on out there, especially, uh, you know, in the West Coast with first responders and, and how, you know, they're able to trust uh, certain things. Because, again, internally, we can never go to our admin or our command staff and be like, oh, yeah, I have a, I have an issue. I mean, they put you on the rubber gun right. squad and then, you know, you're, I gotta, you're, you're, I got to give it to know, my department. I got to give it to my department. It's if 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 I went to somebody in my we have a stress unit. Yeah, we have a peer support uh -huh. unit and a stress unit. And if I went there and I said I have an issue by the time I stopped talking, I'd be on an order reassigned to the stress unit yeah. and I don't know what they do after that. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing that like, I'm not just saying like particular departments, but, but we'll say, I mean, NYPD actually, they're, right. they're having a major issue with their yep. department where yeah, are. suicides are, are skyrocketing over there. Yep. And, but right. they are, their people are told if you say something, you're going to get Basically placed on admin. It's like the you, you unwritten know, rule, exactly. basically. Exactly. Like the unwritten rule that if you say something, well, if you throw the flag up, well, then you're going to get treated like a leper. I want to basically come out and tell and, all and, these people yeah. that that look down on anybody that needs help to come fucking find me. Yeah, no, because no, they, seriously. They, they've never done the job. Seriously, come find me and right, I'll fucking tell right. you everything that's wrong with you, asshole. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Well, and I really, I do, yeah, and I do think it's easy for, you know, upper, upper level management, you know, like the command staff to to make these, you know, blanket decisions like, yeah. oh, okay, well, if somebody says that they're, you know, that they've got PTSD and they, they're suffering from a mental a mental health issue, you know, we got to put them on admin leave. But, you know, those guys that are working in those positions haven't been on the streets for like 20 fucking years. Yeah, so exactly. they're not going to understand this, well, right? Or, 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 20 or, years ago. Or they haven't actually done the job. All they did yeah. was take the tests and get promoted. Yeah, and they've never really yeah. done their, the job. Their so, stress was they microwave their fucking lunch for 10 more seconds yeah. by accident and burn their, burn their pretty lips. Yeah, yeah. Shut Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 that that definitely has got to change. And I have said that I, I said that recently to a local a local police captain. I was like, look, you guys need to be start start being proactive instead of reactive. You need to start providing these mental health services and tell these men and women you are going to see some awful stuff that is going to mess you up. And if you aren't aware of that and don't start taking care of yourself before you see it. 
you will you will never be the same. <laughs> what do Much we always different than what, waiting till? Yeah, that's that's one ahead, thing we, we always say at, at Project Sapient and and it, you know the the training that we're trying to roll out and everything that we're working on rolling out eventually um, is gonna is addressing that specific issue yeah. of realizing that you're taking on a career. Uh, a trade craft, uh, essentially, that you need to continuously work on yourself yep. to foundationally, yeah. foundationally, you know, holistically, foundationally, yep. to to be great at your job, to be the best at your job, and at the same time, already have the coping mechanisms you need so you know if an issue is arising and you can tell it's coming. Look, a lot of these things are uh, yeah. a lot of these things that that we have to deal with internally mm -hmm. they're perishable skills it's oh, just like sense. anything else yeah like if you stop right. taking care right. of your body physically you're gonna get fat yeah if you start stop taking yourself uh, uh, uh psychologically you're gonna get fucked up yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. You're gonna, it's right. gonna be easy right. to go and down what, the rabbit and what's hole. the first thing and what's the first thing we do when we when we feel fucked up mentally we drink right. we make poor decisions you know in our marriages we um i don't know start to lie and skip out on work, whatever it is that we do, those coping mechanisms then are, of course, going to backfire because every single one of those always does. Yeah. So, yes, if, if we could address this from the start, you know, I think it would, it will, uh, everything in the world would be different if we addressed things from <laughs> the start, but, yeah. but we're talking about police officers. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean you're 100% yeah. right telling the captain that instead of being reactive, be proactive. That, that's the way it needs to be done from, from the academy level. As soon as the recruit yes. walks into that academy, uh, they need yes. a sit-down talk and be like, hey, listen, after you get, you're done doing 12 miles and 400 push-ups, we're going to have a little conversation about what this job really is and what you need to do exactly. to take care of yeah. yourself. They also need to be exposed to it in a controlled environment. Oh, yeah. Which is what Sapient is going to do. Exactly. exactly. Like, expose yes, these kids. I think that's an excellent idea. Yes. In yes. a controlled environment, as, as realistic as possible, because we've all been through every single fucking trauma. Yeah. So, we, and, right. and the people that we have that are coming on as trainers... They've been through the shit too, yeah, and they're legitimate. Yeah. So my my thing has always been, you know, there's a there's a dismissive attitude yeah. with a lot of these things. Like a lot of the admin, they're nine to fivers. They're looking to go home. Hey, they don't care hey, about anything hey. else. That I'm was a dig to Iman shift. All right. That was a complete <laughs> dig to Iman, and he caught it. The fucker. But but my thing has always been like even on the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We like there's a lot. Not all of us, but there's a lot of us that like followed the seven P rule. You know the seven yeah. P rule. No, go ahead. Proper prior planning prevents painfully poor performance. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. Seven oh, seven cool. P's. Yeah. yeah. Right? And if you really break down everything in your life, whether it's business or policing or dealing with trauma, proper prior planning right. will prevent painfully poor performance. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that's, so. I think that's, yeah, that's spot on. Yep. So I, I think, yeah. like, a lot of these, like, folks like you, Lisa, who are, are advocates and you're opening your mouths about these things, this is all new to the field. This is all new to the to the to the industry per se, and it's sad in yeah. a way, but at the same time, it's awesome because it's happening. Well, here's the thing: uh, right. it's, it's funny that was brought up today uh, during class, and again, these these MDs and neurologists and everything, and they talk about human performance and how there's so much research into it and everything, and it and it seems that first responders are so far behind yeah. learning oh, about yeah. human performance, where you can go, let's say, the NFL and see their research on you know agility mobility all sure. that stuff for their athletes or, or go to the i mean this this organization that that uh, you know for science institute they they went to nasa to look at their theories on human performance and apply it to first responders fucking astronauts wow. <laughs> i mean i mean here's the thing right. wow. the, the research is out there but we as as an industry we never, need to get it out there never right. look for it though we never look for well, it well we need to force it on people dude right. because yeah. it's like you know us we're cops yeah. we don't want to fucking deal with anything well, extra I know. I yeah know. but 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 here's the thing i mean getting back to the obvious you know we always well we i was never a cop and i will never be a cop but no but you have you, the mindset you do you dudes <laughs> yeah, yeah us dudes. Um, you know it's it's it's, it's all, you know, it's the operational mindset. When you think about the operational mindset, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of like, am I physically ready? And, and can I play the mind game with the suspect? Yeah. But you never include the part about 
how how all of that is then going to affect you mentally. So there's got to be a three prong approach, approach to yes. that. Your so, physical, your mental game with the bad guy, and then your your mental wellness when you're doing all that. So well, what's it, interesting it, is, yeah. is sorry, just real quick uh, before I forget it because my ADD is about to kick in. But what, what's interesting <laughs> is you, you say that about the mental game between the suspect and the you know uh, first responder or the patrol officer detective. You know, and uh-huh. and they actually did a study where a detective is interviewing a suspect in a you know regular interview and the detective's heart rate was at 110 to 120 really per minute because of the intensity of the exchange you know you're basically playing a game you're playing this game of chess or checkers with with this with the suspect to try to figure out what's going on in his head try to get him to stumble or her head to try to get him to stumble or 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 start poking the holes in their story it's a lot of work yeah. You know, mentally. Oh, it's, for sure. After an interview, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that guy, the the, the six year old, I had him in the, in the interview room for an hour and a half, and mentally drained. After I was done, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. I'm going to bed." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was so mentally right. drained and exhausted after that, and and it makes yeah, perfect no, sense I, that that no one ever thinks of the after. Yeah, yep. you're totally right, and that's the problem. Yeah, exactly, yep. and that's, and that's, and that's why and that's why we're all talking. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Look, these are these are yeah. foundational issues. Yeah, that we yeah, th- 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 it's not a mission that we can't accomplish, guys. No, it's, it's something we can. It's something that we can. We're smart people to do what we have to do. Yeah. I know I'm smarter than most, but. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, again, as I always say, I thank you for my service. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody I'm awesome. Yeah. Lisa, you, you you probably didn't hear that episode, but it was a whole episode about Iman telling us about how awesome he was. Yeah. So, oh my god. Pretty much, it was it was it's called Iman is awesome. And yeah. <laughs> but no, look, we're we're smart people, right? We can. This is a mission that can easily be. Taken care of. Yeah, we need to get out yeah. there. We and, need people and you know to speak. What? And more and and more importantly, you guys, you guys care because you guys get it. And I think when you care about something, right. like really truly care at your core, and you want to stand for something greater than you, which clearly you guys do. And I think we're all we all have that same you know position about yeah. this subject. Yeah. Then it, you want to fight like hell to to save other people so that they don't have to endure the type of pain that, that we all did. Right? right. I mean, I don't want these poor young cops to have to see all this terrible stuff or these poor firefighters, you know, having to respond to, you know, multiple, you know, fatality car crashes. I mean, that's awful, awful stuff that no human being should see. Well, you know, and you're going to see it. So my, my, well, exactly. My, my reasoning on that is you're going to see it. Right. And I, I actually, yep. I, it's not that I hate it, but I disagree. I disagree with people when they say we see things that we're not supposed to see. No, well, we're supposed to see well, them in, in this profession because we're yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, right? We signed up for it. Right? We, signed we signed up, up, for, up it, for it, and yeah. you're going to see it. And yeah. I want to tell these new kids, you're going to see it. Yeah. It's gonna suck. Exactly. But, but yeah. the yeah. difference between the 18 year veteran and the new kid is that he has a greater ability to have support. Yes. Because yeah. the first yeah. five traumatic experiences that I had in my department in my first two years, I had zero support. Yeah. And I had to figure that shit out on my own. Yeah. And I did, I think. Uh, I mean, I try and catch my ear yeah. once in a while, but I think I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, we, we want to make sure yeah. that these people know that it's not sunshine and rainbows. No. It's going to hurt. Thing, right. Here's the thing. I, I, I don't remember where I read the stat or, or where, I, where I got it, but uh, I read, which, which kind of stood out to me, I, I read that, you know, first responders uh, deal with three to four traumatic events, no matter how severe, whether it's, a, you know, a car crash, whatever it is, uh, three to four events, uh, traumatic events um, a week yeah. where an average uh, American may deal with one or two in their entire lives. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's funny you say that. You you might have heard me say that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Abso- it's, yeah, it's 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 absolutely true. I mean, if you if you think about the average person, you know, you, you know, you go home and ask your wife, you know, yeah. how many really awful, terrible things have you seen in your life? And you know, your wife may say, oh, well, you know, I was driving by and, and saw, yeah, a terrible traffic collision, or maybe you know they witnessed the death of a family member. So those maybe those are maybe two two examples, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that's it. 
but but a first responder, as you just said, I mean, this could be a daily, every shift. It could be multiple times. Especially major city, you know, where, where Pete works in a major city. Yeah. I, I work in a major city where it's just constant. Yeah. We're, we're constantly out there Absolutely. doing our thing. My point is that I want yeah. people to know that there's no way of getting around it. No. It's okay to right. feel the bad things. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to reach yep. out for the for for any kind of feelings you may have. We tell people all the time. And how many times have you gotten a text message from somebody or a phone call where the dude's like, "Hey, you want to go out for a beer?" And they oh, know, yeah. I, and they know I don't drink. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ooh, something's going on." Yeah. And that's that person yeah. reaching out. Yeah. And I, the first thing I do when I get in the car is, "Hey, I'm telling you right now, what you're doing is okay. Yeah. Let's talk." Yeah. Yeah. And you, you feel their shoulders yeah. fucking drop. You feel everything. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm you know, so, so, exactly. uh, you know, I want to give a plug to the ladies that we, that we work with over yeah. at Wellness for yeah. Warriors. 100%. Um, they're, they're great. Maybe uh, actually we should get Lisa. We should connect uh, her. Um, yeah, we should, we should connect you both uh, because you, you guys would Absolutely. do awesome I would stuff. Love it. Because yeah. uh, they're, they're nationwide. Uh, they have representatives all over the country. Yep. And, you know, they, they've, they've sent a couple uh, first responders to me uh, who are also military veterans. Um, and, yeah. and they're, they're struggling with issues and yep. I've been coaching them and talking to them and you could tell right away they're like, you know what? I thought I was the only one who felt this way. Yeah. I thought I was, I, you know, it's, exactly. it's one of those things God. where, yeah. you know, you, 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 these guys, again, they took the first major step of reaching out. I'm a complete stranger to them, you know, and I, they right. reached out and I told know. you everything, but, yeah. but we have this tight brotherhood or sisterhood as, as cops, yeah. veterans, whatever, where we know, again, we, Got each other six. That's something we always say. I got you six. Yeah. It I, doesn't I matter six. what it, does, it is. We it doesn't got matter. It. Exactly. It doesn't matter what, what it is. We will, you know, I will do yeah. everything I can to help these guys. And I am, which we're, we're, we're talking every single, every single day where we're texting back and forth, talking back and forth. And, and it's That's amazing. And it's That's so great. And it's refreshing to know that again, these guys actually took that step and it, and it, and it's a scary step. And because when I took it, it, it was, <laughs> it was different. Scary. You know, I was like, it was very difficult because one, we're very proud, you know, we're proud yep. uh, individuals and, and good luck trying to get any cop or veteran to say anything, <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes a lot to get to us, you know, to get, to get right. into that right. circle because, and, and once you get in that circle, then you'll, you'll learn things that you never thought you'd know. Right. You know, right, or, or, right. or, you know, yep. so, so, I mean, it's such amazing stuff that, that you guys are, you are doing, uh, wellness for warriors are doing, uh, We're save a them. warrior and, and, you know, save a warrior. Actually, I just found them on Instagram. So I, I gave them a follow. So I'll, I'll reach what out we, to them. What we need yeah. to do, Iman, is we need to just exactly what we've been doing the last few months. We're connecting all these people together. Yeah. We're, we're helping expand exactly. the network. Yeah. Exactly. And we're that's, also and we're also telling bingo, people that's it. We're also telling people yeah. there's there's no stigma in this shit. No, I mean and that's the thing. When we roll out this training and we bring all these networks together yes. to do this training, to to teach these cops about themselves. And that's what it's about. It's yep. not about tactics. Yeah, we're gonna do tactics, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, but we're going to give you the reason why you felt a certain way or why yeah. right. your heart rate is like this or why after a major operation uh, you've got this adrenaline dump and now you're having a panic attack. I'll tell you. I'll give you a quick example. Right. I'll give you a quick example early on in my SWAT career, which I had already been a cop for a decade almost. Yeah. Right? Early on, and I'd been through the trauma. Yeah. I'd been through the PTSD. I'd been through it all. And I went through a specific operation, and I remember saying to myself— what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. Like, yep. I'm, yep. I consider myself a strong person. I consider myself not weak, mm -hmm. but what the fuck just happened to me? And yeah, I've heard that same story before. Right. I'll tell you that right now. Right. Yes. And yep. it, because I had a friend that happened to witness it, that's what saved me. Yeah. That was the yeah. only reason what saved me. I yeah. could have gone down a fucking dark hole, man. Yeah. You know actually, what I mean? Actually, it's same thing. I'll do a quick story, too. Um, uh, individual I nearly shot and killed uh, during a SWAT op. Um, two days later, uh -huh. on the way to the range, all of a sudden, I started getting panicky. Yeah. And then, you know, I realized, I'm like, you know what? This is now the emotions. It's catching up. Catching up from yep. the incident two days ago. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. it, and, but... I had the wherewithal to realize it where a young rookie cop, five years, six years on the job that doesn't know any better. Yeah. 
they're not going to know what the hell just is going on with them. Though no, they're feeling panicky. They they might run off the road, hits. You know, it, it, God only knows what what, what right. would happen with with panic attacks. We've seen them right. all over the place. Yeah. But uh, but it's, yeah. it these things are very important to talk about, and you know, really important to for all our listeners to reach out to people like 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 Lisa, to people like Wellness for Warriors, to to all kinds of people. Yeah. That because they're out there. They're 100% yeah. out there. And we're, agree. we're, we're agree. always yeah. going to be out there for you. So, listen, Lisa, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Stick around for a minute thank after we do guys. this. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk offline for a couple minutes. But, guys, we want to thank everybody. HavocJournal.com, JimJunkies.com, VectorShields.com, WellnessForWarriors.live, LiveBoston617.org. EagleEyeFirearmsMA.com ODKit.com GunTrack.app We love everybody Thank you for being listeners Stay safe Stay safe, Ian